Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport Podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research conducting interviews and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 204 of the Restoring Report podcast. We are super excited for the content we've got planned out for you guys today. As always, this is a podcast about keeping marriage and family as central goals for young believers and prioritizing relationship in a world of increasingly more distraction. And if you are new here, thank you so much for choosing this show to listen to out of all that you could listen to. Reach out and let us know, especially if you're new, what you think of the content we discussed today. We're a firm believer here that podcasting does not have to be a dry monologue and that you can be a part of it by reaching out and sending us a, a voice message in your own voice, in your own words, through the link in the show notes. Just every episode has this. Just Scroll down through those show notes, click on the link that says send this show a voice message, uh, record us a brief message, thanks, comments, questions, an alternate perspective, your story, anything at all. We'd love to hear it. Uh, makes us feel super connected to you as an audience member, and it makes the podcasting system two-way. So be sure to do that and tell us what you think of this episode. <clears throat> Without further ado, um, we're fast approaching our, our Christmas special this year, as well as kind of a yearly summit, a yearly recap of all the stuff that we've been doing. Uh, Landon and I, whenever Landon comes back, he is not here today, are going to go over the shows Spotify wrapped and talk about all of the stats that uh, we've been able to reel in this year, all of the things that we've been moving towards this year, as well as kind of our vision for the coming year. Super excited for all the content we've, that we have brought you guys, as well as that we are going to bring you. So don't miss that episode. Coming up very soon. Um, again, Lane and I are going to look back on the on the previous year of on the sorry the present year of the Restoring Rapport podcast, as well as kind of the next year what we're going to be doing. But today, while he's not here, I'm coming at you with an article that was sent to me by my dad, which I'm going to share on the screen for our subscribers. If you're subscribed to the show, you can see this screen and read along with with us, as well as all of our video content that we are putting out on on Spotify. So if you use Spotify, guys, and you really like what we do on this show, I would highly encourage you to subscribe to the show and watch uh, the, the the visual element of what we're producing. Uh, and again, the the article is titled titled How a Fetus Can Save Its Mother uh, from the Womb. And this is a very interesting article that I wanted to review, namely for the reason that children are generally perceived as a hindrance to uh, personal flourishing by society today. So children are usually presented 
as a burden. Most people, especially Generation Z, thinks of children as a burden. They do not see them as a blessing from the Lord, which is the scriptural narrative of children. They do not see children as a, you know, source of intrinsic reward. They don't see children as a source of um, love and affection. They don't see children as a source of anything good. Really, they only see children as a burden, as a leech on your life, and as a preventative uh, that keeps you from doing things that you would enjoy. And so, naturally as a show on the importance of marriage and family and the benefits that that brings you uh that's so super sad to me personally and and i am a kindergarten teacher so i'm around children you know what many people would consider a harsh environment when it comes to children every single day uh, every single work day i should say and my experience with them has not been bad now there are always struggles. There are always challenges. There are always messes, fumbles, accidents. Yes, because these children are, these little people are developing in every way of their life. They're, they're brand new. They have not, they're not fully formed in any way, physically, emotionally, mentally, uh, you know, gross motor, fine motor, nothing is developed. And so anytime you're developing in that way, especially at such an early stage, there are going to be accidents, there are going to be issues, there are going to be problems that you're going to have to deal with and, and provide scaffolding for them as an adult. And many people consider that a burden today. And they don't see, because of that, because of the fact that children require a lot of help and a lot of assistance and a lot of care, people perceive them uh, as only a burden. They don't see them as something good for your life. But as I've said many times before, Lainey and I are obviously, Lainey, for those of you who don't know her are new here, Lainey is my beautiful wife who I've been married to for just over, let's see here, just over four months now. Uh, we got married on July 13th of the year 2023. This is being recorded on the 2nd of December. Um, and so we've been married for a very, a very short time, but it's been a wonderful, wonderful time. Could not be more excited to be married, as you guys no doubt know if you've been listening to this show for any length of time. Could not recommend marriage more for those, for those young believers out there who feel that calling of God on their life to get married, that design of God uh, urging them to get married. It is an absolutely wonderful road to take, especially when you're young. And I've, I've argued for that other places before. Uh, and plenty of resources on that, plenty of material, and lots of interviews with people who have gotten married young on this show. Go back and listen to those if you're looking to move that direction. But um, aside from that, Lainey and I definitely do want to have children. That's something that we've talked about way before we got married. Uh, that was an unquestionable value for us. We were going to have children. We were going to have a family. And so we think there's a value to having children. And today I'm going to kind of talk to you about why that is, what I think the value is in having children, um, as well as how children actually give you things as parents, as caregivers. Children are not consumption machines, contrary to popular opinion. They actually do give to adults. And a lot of people don't understand the ways in which this happens. I'm going to go through an article giving you the scientific ways that children actually make you healthier. Um, but then I'm going to give you my personal experience as a kindergarten teacher who works with five-year-olds every day. Um, I'm going to give you my experience on how children make you more the intrinsic rewards that children give you, the feelings of, of warmth that children give you, the love and affection that children give you, the unconditional um, just love that children give you as a, their caregiver. And, and a lot of people, again, do not think about the things that children do for adults. They don't think about how children help adults. They don't think about how uh, children improve the life of adults. So that's what we're going to go and 
going to be going through today. And again, the, the article is titled How a Fetus Can Save Its Mother from the Womb. So let's go ahead and dive in. And again, this is going to be a scientific uh, article for you guys to consume. In rare cases, a woman's heart can start to fail in the months before or after giving birth. To the all-important muscle weakens as its chambers enlarge, reducing the amounts of blood pumped with each beat. So right now you're probably thinking, well, Seth, that's an example of how having children negatively impacts a woman's body. But let's just keep reading because you're going to see my point. Um, po Petripartum cardiomyopathy, I hope I said that right, can threaten the lives of both mother and child. Viral illness, nutritional deficiency, the bodily stress of pregnancy, or abnormal immune response could play a role, but the causes aren't concretely known. If there is a silver lining to peripartum cardiomyopathy, it, it is that it is perhaps most the survivable form of heart failure. A remarkable 50% of women recover spontaneously. And there's an even more remarkable explanation for that glowing statistic. The fetus's stem cells migrate to the heart and regenerate be the beleaguered muscle. In essence, the developing of, recently born, of a recently born child saves the mother's life. So... I'm going to pause right there. Most of you probably have not heard that. And I just actually talked to my uh, parents about this last night. That was the first time I'd heard it. I was not aware of this phenomenon that occurred in the natural world, that a fetus's stem cells actually migrated to the mother's heart and repaired the damage that was caused by the pregnancy, the stress of the, on the body of the pregnancy. Is that not remarkable? Is that not remarkable? So hopefully, hopefully now you're, you're able to see that while it is difficult on a mother's body, there is an innate design of God for there to be a reciprocity there between mother and child for there to be a giving back of the child to the parent. And also, let me just point out how, how beautiful your body is designed. Uh, for, I put out a video of this a long time ago on, on YouTube. You can actually uh, look up Seth Hensley on YouTube and um, the Restoring Report page will be there for you to consume all the videos we put out. But in that video, I, I talk about another natural phenomenon, which is that when a woman is breastfeeding and her body does not have a, if, if her child is not getting the nutrients it needs through the breast milk, that, that will never happen. A child will not, um, a woman will not produce the um, nutrient deficient breast milk in, in most cases. Uh, that I'm aware of because what the woman's body will do is it will take of its own reserve. If the woman is short on nutrients, it will take of its own reserve. It will take the, the nutrients that it needs and it will give it to the child, which I think is just a beautiful example of how we are wired, innately wired um, by God as givers. And so a woman's body just does that naturally. If it's short on a, a nutrient, it will take from its own reserve. It will give the nutrients it does have to that child through the breast milk. I mean, that's just absolutely amazing. Um, and again, that's that that might be uh, one of the, I think it's beautiful, but a lot of people will use that to say that, you know, ch children are, again, a leech. They, they cause their parents problems. They're nothing but a dirty diaper. They're nothing but a messy living room. They're nothing but a, you know, a crying mess that you have to solve. And again, those things are very limited views of what children are. And now I'm kind of going to kind of steer the conversation into beyond the natural world, beyond the scientific world, into kind of my experience as a teacher uh, of young children, of young five-year-olds. And there is spending time with five-year-olds guys is a wonderful way to spend time, spend your time, your, your limited life. They, they give you love and affection unconditionally when you treat them right. It's beautiful. That's the words of Jordan Peterson. For those of you who don't know, um, he's a renowned clinical psychologist who's done a lot of work in the world today. No doubt you've heard of him. Um, but I definitely agree as a kindergarten teacher, there is nothing more intrinsically rewarding than pouring into these little, little people who are developing. I mean, they, they want to hug 50 times a day. They, they are always telling me, um, 
they're always telling me, oh, wow, you're so strong. Oh, wow, you can do so much. They're always amazed. You do the smallest thing. It's, it's so funny, guys. You do the smallest thing in front of a kindergartner and they think you're amazing. <laughs> like if you, if you have a party trick that no adult even recognizes as significant and you show it to a kindergartner man, they are going to hit the floor. They're going to just, they're just going to, their jaw's going to hit the floor. It's amazing. They're just so amazed at you. They look at you like you're a superhero whenever you, whenever you bond with them and take care of them. And it's so funny. Children will give you chances to get close to them. It, it's amazing. Every single child does this. It's amazing. They're constantly giving you opportunities to get to know, to get to know them. They're constantly giving you opportunities to bond with them. They're constantly giving you opportunities to uh, grow closer to them. Every child does this. And what most people perceive as, you know, a person just being good with kids is not, not them being good with kids. It's simply their ability to recognize those opportunities that are being given to them by children and, and, and be successful in those opportunities. So for example, a lot of people think that, um, or have told me that they think I'm good with children, um, because children like to, to hang around me. And that's, that's not the case, but being good with children. I don't, I think that's an overrated value. I think anybody can be good with children. You just have to recognize the opportunities that children give you, um, to be a source of mentorship and affection in their life and take it, take the opportunity. And if you miss one, it's fine. You know, um, there'll be another one they'll throw at you. They'll constantly throw them at you. There's always, they always give you the opportunity. Even the most mistrusting child will give you opportunities um, to bond with them. And so um, anyway, that's something I've learned as a kindergarten teacher that anybody can be good with kids. You really can. It's not, it's not something that nobody, that only certain people have. It's not something that only a small percentage of the population can do. Uh, you really can be good with kids. And so in taking those opportunities, when it's, for example, when a child comes up to you and, and starts wanting to talk to you about something that most adults consider awkward or irrelevant, uh, instead of, you know, shutting down that conversation as quickly as possible, just begin asking questions. You know, if a child is asking you questions, they love it when you ask questions about what they are talking about. Just start asking questions, uh, getting to know them, putting in investment and actually, actually acting interested in whatever they bring up, however trivial you may consider it, is really what gets you, is what really what gives children a high opinion of you. And once they have that high opinion of you, my gosh, do they just, just shower you with, with love, man. They do. They just, they really do give back to, for all the things that you do for them. There is no intrinsic reward greater um, that you get from serving children than except for maybe perhaps it, it, well, I would say except for perhaps the intrinsic reward that you get from serving uh, your spouse. There really is. A, it's a wonderful reward. The reward from that you get from parenting, from nurturing, from caregiving, there's no greater reward other than the reward that you get from the intrinsic reward that you get from uh, serving your spouse well. Really, really, there really, there's nothing like it. It's a beautiful thing, guys, and I would highly encourage you to do it. And again, you can say, I just haven't been around your kid. I just haven't been around the kids you've seen. I just haven't seen how terrible they are. I've seen some pretty terrible kids, guys, like really, really rough. And I, and I, I don't mean terrible as in they're not, they're just mean or they're just dumb or they're just not valuable. I mean, they've been raised really poor. And so they're giving off really poor behaviors. And so, uh, I've really seen the worst of the worst when it comes to, as a public school teacher, what, what children are capable of doing. But then I've seen kind of the love and care that they're asking for. And when you give them that love and care, watch them transform. It really is beautiful. It really is beautiful how much they transform when they actually have what they need, guys. And so 
Uh, people who say that children are just a burden are, are, I would, in my view, totally wrong. Let's continue with this article, though. It says, while the article is talking about, again, how the stem cells of the fetus migrate to the woman's heart and repair the damage done during the pregnancy, it says, while this process has not been observed directly in humans, it has been witnessed in mice in a 2015 study. Researchers um, tracked stem cells from fetal mice as they traveled to the mother's damaged cardiac cells and integrated themselves into heart. Scientists also have spotted cells from a fetus within the mother, human mothers, as well as countless other places inside the body, including skin, spleen, liver, brain, lung, kidney, thyroid, lymph nodes, salivary glands, gallbladder, and intestine. These cells essentially get everywhere. While most are eliminated by the immune system during pregnancy, some can persist for an incredibly long time, up to three decades after childbirth. So those, those stem cells that are actually repairing a woman's body can persist um, for up to 30 years after a woman has a baby, which is just amazing to me. And again, wait, I'm kind of confused by this fact here. It says it doesn't, um, it has not been observed directly in humans. It has been witnessed in mice in a 2015 study. So this is just, I think this is a theory. This is not something that's actually been measured guys. So uh, I do want to give you that clarifier, not to get too excited about this, but, um, moving on, it says this integration of the fetus cells into a mother's body has been given a name, fetal microchimerism. The process appears to start between the fourth and six weeks of gesta gestation and human scientists are actively trying to suss out its purpose. Well, I would say that's fairly easy. Its purpose is to, again, I would say, demonstrate God's design uh, in the world that children are not just a burden. Children actually give back to you. Hi guys, this is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. Anyone who's had a child will also tell you that your years later in life are way far more secure should you raise that child right. Again, if you do not have children, the natural end road end point to that is having no one to take care of you when you're older right? The end point of having no children is having no one to take care of you when you're older. Because again, all your friends and your significant other, your romantic partner are the same age as you and likely in need of the same care as you. So you're not going to be able to care for each other in that way. You actually need younger, stronger, more healthy people to take care of you in your older years. And so people, people don't think that far down the line though. They think, well, I can just not have kids. I can just have a dog and have all my emotional needs met, my, my caregiving needs met, uh, without going through the, the, what they consider to be the burden of having a child. And what they're not really realizing is they're making their, their seventies, eighties, nineties way harder on them, on themselves. They really are. It's, they're shooting themselves in the foot simply because they're believing the live culture that children do not give back and offer no reward and, and give no um, ROI for the work that you put in. It's truly sad to me, guys. And it's, it's, it's a terrible situation that I've been able to, unfortunately, secondhand observe through the, through the work of my wife. She's a uh, certified occupational therapy assistant, and she works in nursing homes with, with elderly people. And um, uh, it, a lot of those people are there simply because they do not have children that either a are choosing to take care of them or B do not, they don't have children at all. And so they've just ended up in a play, uh, an assisted living home where, uh, other people's children are taking care of them, which is, and they're paying to have it happen. So it's truly, it's truly sad guys. Again, that's another consequence to not having children. It says the, um, the, the integration of, uh, back to the article, it says the integration of a fetus's cells into the mother's body has been given a name, fetal microchimerism, and it, it appears to start between the fourth and sixth week of gestation. So the role in healing seems apparent. Evolutionarily, this function makes sense. It is the fetus's best interest that its mother remains healthy. And of course, that's micro, or that's an evolutionary term. Again, it's taking all the beauty out of it. If you ask me all the significance out of, out of it, if you ask me, it's saying, well, the fetus is basically uh, keeping the mother alive so that it stays alive, which is again, a very selfish motivation. Um, and, and again, void of any 
you know, significance. That's something that, you know, evolution and uh, naturalist naturalistic worldviews famously do is they take all the significance out of any observable um, behavior or action. And so they'll say, well, if somebody's giving, it's just to get just to get something in return. If somebody's doing this for you, it's just to get something in return. If somebody's doing this, it's in the end to benefit themselves. And while that is a theory that I'll acknowledge as possible, it does n it's not a theory that I consider uh, maybe the the poetic side of me considers very beautiful. Why not have the, the instead the just as plausible theory that that is a design, or, or I'm sorry, that is an indicator of the design of God for of children to actually give back. I mean, that's a beautiful way to look at it. Look at look at it. And in other words, children are not just a burden. They are actually something that they're an investment. They're an investment. They're arrows that can be launched into the future to accomplish good and and eliminate evil. Right. And, and give back, provide return for the, for the, for the shooter, for the launcher. And so I, I think that's just a much more beautiful worldview. And again, if you don't, if you don't subscribe to that, um, that's fine, but both are just as plausible. And one leads to hope. One leads to a, you know, a, a basically the view that everyone in the world is selfish and every being in the world is only after its own good, which I think is just a, a truly, truly sad thought. Um, but again, this next section is called micro fetal microchimerism. And it says that but, but fetal microchimerism might not be entirely beneficial. So they're going to talk about a negative side of it here. Greater, con greater concentrations of the cells have been associated with various autoimmune diseases, such as lupus, serogen's syndrome, and even multiple sclerosis. After all, they are foreign cells living in the mother's body, so it is plausible that they might trigger subtle yet constant inflammation. Fetal cells also have been linked to cancer, and although it isn't clear whether they abet or hinder the disease. So they've been linked to cancer, but it's not cure, uh, sure. It's not known whether they are a cause or a cure or a fight, a fighting against the disease. Um, a team of Spanish scientists summarized the apparent give and take of the fetal, fetal microchimerism in the 2002 review article. On the one hand, fetal microchimerism could be a source of progenitor cells, cells with a beneficial effect on the mother's health by intervening in the tissue repair, anti- antiogenesis or neurogenesis. On the other hand, fetal microchimerism might have a detrimental function by activating the immune system response and contributing to autoimmune disease. So they're still kind of studying this area, guys. They're basically saying they're not sure if these stem cells of the children are a help or a hindrance to the mother. And again, that again, I'm noticing in life, guys, there's opportunity for you to choose the way of hope or the way of despair all the time. You, in everything that you can observe in life, you can either see things through. It's, it's it's kind of the pessimistic, optimistic thing again, glass half full, glass half empty argument. You can really see things either way you want. It's possible that uh, you know we that there are a lot of situations in life that are negative and and harmful, and um, that there is less hope for. But it's also possible on the other side. There's also a lot of evidence for the other side that there are um, purposeful things in life helpful things in life, wonderful things in life that are coming for you and helping you in your, in your struggle for better. And so I would just argue that the people who choose, you know, the latter option, the option of hope are, are far more healthy and they, they feel far more better about their life. And so I, I that's why I'm very skeptical of, um, you know, naturalistic evolutionary arguments, not because they don't make sense logically, but because they don't lead to a very hopeful life. They don't lead to it. They don't provide a hopeful outlook and hopeful explanation of things, you know? So it's, it's really common sense, guys. If you have two options, one that provides a hopeful outlook on life and one that provides a despairing outlook on life and both have, you know, their good points and their bad points, which one should you choose? 
I mean, if you want a happy life, I would choose, I would choose the one that gives you hope, right? It's, it's it, again, that the Christian and atheism debate has been going on a long time. But again, I would, I would just ask you here, um, which one leads to more hope? Which one leads to more hope? And so that's just something that you you can consider. But back to but back to my my point here, my kind of the thesis of this episode that children are a blessing and not a hindrance. I do want to kind of give you some give you some just some examples here of of how children can be a blessing and a hindrance. Um, in my classroom, there are usually about two or three crown box drops a day, and what will happen is I'll be teaching and I'll I'll be telling them, all right, it's time to get your crown box out now. We're going to do this paper together. We're going to work on this project together. We're going to do this thing together, and uh, you need a crown for it. So get your favorite color crown out of your crown box. And usually, in the in the bustle that follows that statement, you'll hear a, a crash and then an explosion of rattling across the floor, and that that's the signal that one of the t- <laughs> one of the kids has let the crown box slip essentially because if they're again developing fine motor skills and it's hit the floor exploded and the crowns are everywhere. Um, and so I'll say something like fumble or uh, somebody help so-and-so clean up their, their crown box or I'll go over there and help them clean it up as well. And um, people could, would consider that a burden. They would, they would say, well, a competent adult would never have such problems. That's why I like working with adults. They don't make such stupid mistakes and need so much help all the time. Um, and that's true. Uh, they don't make such stupid mistakes, but adults often don't give you the intrinsic reward that children do when you work with them. So when I'm when I'm helping that child and making an impact on that child and helping that child know that when you make a mistake, when you have an accident, there w- it's okay, and there will be people to help you. Um, I'm having a far better, a far more valuable impact on the life of that person than I would um, if I were just you know working with an adult who I was not able to help. Um, helping is a blessing, guys. Helping, giving, serving is a blessing. And so children afford you more opportunities to serve and therefore more intrinsic reward that you get from service. It really is true. Uh, and so that's an example of how children might be perceived as a burden. But then here's an example of how children might be perceived as a blessing from God, which is the scriptural narrative. So leaving that same day, I will have um, you know that same child walk up to me and say, I love you, Mr. Hensley. Give me a hug. And then as they're leaving, blow a kiss. I mean, isn't that sweet? I mean, you don't... And that that's something that children do just unasked for, you know, unsolicited. That's just of their own volition. They wanted to um, give that love and affection, that, that thankfulness, that gratitude to me um, that I, I probably might not have gotten had I not, you know, served well and helped them with their problems and, and given them my best, given them my 110% in the classroom every day. And so Children are, in that sense, they're not a detriment. They're not a burden. They're an investment. You put in the work, you get the return, right? You put in the work, you get the love. You put in the work, you get the praise. You put in the work, you get the affection. It's it's so it's so simple. It's it. They're very sweet. Kids are very sweet. They're very very giving, loving people. Whenever you teach them and provide boundaries and teach them how things work and give them service, they are very very sweet. All of them across the board. I mean, there are still, and it becomes, becomes complicated because again, you've got kids who, um, if they're not your kids and you, you are getting the children of people who don't treat them right, sometimes they will, um, you know, give you some, some lashback because of the, the upbringing that they have at home. And so you're dealing with the, the, how should you say the, the, you're reaping someone else's harvest and it's a not, it's not a good one. And so that can be a discouraging element of, of spending a lot of time around children. If they're not being, if they're not in a good home, if they don't have a good home life and you perhaps have, you're reaping the, 
the fruit of a bad sower's labor, it can be discouraging. Yeah, it can be annoying. It can be frustrating. It can be infuriating. Actually, it could be quite off-putting <laughs> as, I've, as I've seen, you know, every day. And so it's not that it's all sunshine and roses when working with children. It's not that it's all sunshine and roses when you're serving, but there's an intrinsic reward. There's a feeling of warmth and, and significance. And you feel like you've accomplished something valuable. You get a feeling that you've accomplished something that means something that's meaningful, that's worthwhile uh, in serving and working with children. And so you would not get that intrinsic reward if you did not put in the effort. And that's my point today. Children actually give back. In serving children, you get something that you would not get if you decided to just put off um, you know, having children, not to, to not do it, and to put off being around children, to avoid conversations with children. Uh, you're going to miss out on that reward. You're going to miss out on that love and affection. And, and that's kind of the point of this episode today, guys. And there are countless example, examples that I've seen of this. There are countless examples. I see stories every single day um, you know, of, of this behavior. Even when a child is doing something wrong and you actually have to administer a consequence and you have to teach them that there's a boundary there and a line that they can't cross because people can get hurt, including themselves, and they're mad at you. Um, once you begin showing them how what you're doing is actually loving, they they warm to you very quickly. Even when they're mad, they'll give you a hug and they'll they'll say, "I'm so sorry," and they'll just um, be very remorseful and contrite because they that you begin to show them and they begin to understand that what they're doing is is um, harmful to themselves and others and hurtful and not loving. And once you can get them to see that, they're very very remorseful across the board. You've just got to be reasonable, guys, um, and, and not and not react, which by no means am I perfect in this way. There are some times when, uh, you know, this, this year throughout the school year that, uh, some of my children have stolen uh, my stuff, my, my classroom teaching supplies. They've, they've, uh, you know, hit their friends. They've thrown chairs across the room. They've, you know, taken a stack of papers that took me an hour to create. And they've literally like Frisbee thrown it across the room. And a lot of times people in those situations will just say, kids are awful. Kids are terrible. Um, and instead a better reaction might be, that child is having some serious problems probably at home. They're probably not getting the structure and the love and affection they need at home. And so you're reaping the bad reward of somebody else's investment. And so instead of saying the child is bad, instead of saying it's the child's fault, the child's terrible, having children is terrible, children suck. Instead of saying all these things that give people a negative view of having children, why don't we instead say that children are actually a blessing from the Lord? That is a true narrative. The scriptural narrative of children is better than the cultural narrative of children. Um, it's just that that child is been given bad stuff. So it's producing bad stuff, right? That child has been given crap. So it's dishing out crap, just like we all do in life. So you can't just give me examples of how, of how children cause problems and say that children are bad because that's how all humans work, right? So when you get, again, when you put a lot into children, you get a lot out of children. There's a huge reward from serving. This is the same thing as working with adults, guys. It's just that I'm not making a distinction between children and adults. To me, both are, are valid and very rewarding forms of service, working with children and working with adults. Okay? And so I don't think we should, we should exclude young people from the conversation of, a, of worthwhile service just because they, you know, are, they create problems at times. It really, because again, if you help them in the midst of those problems, they give you, they're an unconditional source of love and affection and sweetness and warmth uh, in your life. And so many people need that today, guys. 
There's nothing like a baby to, to bring a smile to the to a hopeless individual. There's nothing like a baby that can bring a smile to the face of a hopeless individual. It really is heartwarming. Children are truly heartwarming, even despite the fact that they they take a lot of work. So that's kind of the, the point I wanted you guys to get out of this episode today. I know that's a and that's a this is an emotional topic for a lot of people for any number of reasons. But thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me your ear. Reach out. And let me know what your experience is, is with kids, <laughs> and if you agree with my diagnosis of of kind of having children and why I would encourage you to have children. They're a blessing. They're a blessing, and they're not a curse. And when they are being a curse, it's probably because they've been given crap, so they're dishing crap, uh, just like all of us do. So thank you guys for considering uh, that perspective. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed. If you have, reach out and let me know what you thought of the episode through the link in the show notes. You can send me a personalized audio voice message. Give me your thanks, questions, comments, feedback, anything at all. I hope I've been an encouragement to you. You can be an encouragement to me as well by reaching out through that show notes. Let me hear your voice. Let me hear your thoughts. Let me hear your feedback. You just listened to mine, so why not share me yours, right? Why not give me yours? I would love to hear those. It makes me feel super connected to you. Uh, as an audience member and it makes this a conversation instead of a monologue so thank you guys for considering that you can also follow the show on instagram and facebook if you're interested in the content we post thank you guys so much for listening today and we will talk to you next time